Thank you very much, and good morning, everyone. I hope you're having a good Sunday morning, and I appreciate the fact that you have joined us on 101.9 FM, The River, uh, for our uh, message of the morning and a Christian song. We come to you from First Christian Church, corner of Fudgeman Row Streets right here in Covington, Virginia. And I know that there are many of our FCC folk who are uh, listening to the radio broadcast and do every week. Uh, we appreciate that so much. Uh, some of these folk are the ones that are shut in, uh, the elderly, or those who have just decided at this point that they uh, cannot <clears throat> rejoin our assembly in our Family Life Center there at the church building. And it's a privilege and a joy to be able to put the message and the, the glorious good news of Jesus out uh, into your home by way of radio. Today, the message is entitled, We Won't Be Shaken. We won't be shaken. You know, we find ourselves uh, continuing to live in uncertain times, but also in a very fast-paced and ever-changing society. And when these conditions all come together, the outcome is certainly not predictable. And our ability to have security or to live stable, intentional lives is obviously limited. But I want you to know this morning that that stability is not impossible because we're children of the King. Our Savior and Lord is Jesus Christ. And since we are receiving a kingdom that cannot be shaken, we have hope. And I want you to remember that phrase, since we are receiving a kingdom that cannot be shaken, because that's one of the primary verses from the book of Hebrews chapter 12, that we want to consider today. If you have your Bibles or your New Testaments, turn to Hebrews chapter 12. And here in this chapter, uh, the writer of Hebrews is talking about the fact, starting in verse uh, 40, uh, uh, verse 18, that is, that uh, when the Israelites were camping at Mount Sinai, the voice of God spoke from the top of that mountain and shook everything. And even Moses was frightened. But then the author comes down to verse 22, and he changes the mood. And he says to these Christians, these members of the Lord's church, but you have come to Mount Zion, to the city of the living God, the heavenly Jerusalem. You have come to thousands upon thousands of angels in joyful assembly to the church of the firstborn whose names are written in heaven. You have come to God, the judge of all, to the spirits of righteous, the righteous made perfect, to Jesus, the mediator of a new covenant, and to the sprinkled blood that speaks a better word than the blood of Abel. You know, he's talking to people like you and me. If you're a Christian today, he's talking to the church of the Lord Jesus Christ and how blessed we are to be able to say, yes, I'm a part of this great kingdom. Now, let's continue with verses 25 through 27. The Hebrew writer says, See to it, then, that you do not refuse him who speaks. If they did not escape when they refused him who warned them on earth, how much less will we if we turn away from him who warns us from heaven? At that time, his voice shook the earth. But now, as he has promised, 
Once more I will shake not only the earth but also the heavens. The words once more indicate the removing of what can be shaken, that is, created things, so that what cannot be shaken may remain. Uh, you know, we talk about things being shaken and nations being shaken and the world being shaken. We, we've been shaken, haven't we, lately, dear friends? We were invaded by this COVID-19 virus and pandemic. The whole world has been infected by it. And then our major cities uh, erupted with protest and racial tension, producing violence and destruction in many of our major cities. And now we're in the throes of a presidential election that has divided our nation, our people, in so many different ways. As one song uh, it was entitled, There's a Whole Lot of Shaking Going On, isn't there? I, I believe Elvis sang that one, didn't he? There's a whole lot of shaking going on. America is being shaken. Uh, why? Why is America being shaken? Well, there, I think there are several reasons. Uh, the, you know, the Lord shakes us to get our attention. In Hebrews chapter 2, verses 1 through 3, the Hebrew writer says these words, We must pay the most careful attention, therefore, to what we have heard, so that we don't drift away. Um, for since the message spoken through angels was binding, and every violation and disobedience received its just punishment, how shall we escape if we ignore such a great salvation? He says we need to pay careful attention because there's a possibility if we don't, we might drift away. And that's what's happened in America. That's what's happened to much of our nation, that's, what ha that's what's happened to a lot of our churches and to a lot of church members. They've drifted away. They're not where they need to be. And sometimes the Lord has to shake up things to get our attention. And also the Lord shakes us, I think, because he wants to restore the truth. He wants to bring us back to the truth. Listen to Paul's writing to Timothy in 2 Timothy 3. Starting with verse 1, he says, But mark this. There will be terrible times in the last days. People will be lovers of themselves, lovers of money, boastful, proud, abusive, disobedient to their parents, ungrateful, unholy, without love, unforgiving, slanderous, without self-control, brutal, not lovers of good, treacherous, rash, conceited, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God having a form of godliness, but denying its power, have nothing to do with such people. And we live in a world that's filled with such people, don't we? And even in the Lord's church, there are people who are known to have some of these negative qualities where Paul says, don't have anything to do with those people. They're not true followers of Jesus. And then if you drop down to verse 7, you would hear him say, these people are always learning but never able to come to a knowledge of the truth. So the Lord, he shakes us up sometimes because he wants to restore the truth so that we can be the people that we need to be. And also I believe that the Lord often shakes us up because he has a gift for us. He has an unshakable kingdom 
for us. And so we go down to uh, these verses that mean so much. Uh, now remember at verse 27 um, of uh, Hebrews chapter 12, uh, he said uh, we, we need to uh, be ever notable of these things. Uh, he says the words once more indicate the removing of what can be shaken. That is, created things so that what cannot be shaken may remain. You know, sometimes the Lord has to remove some things from us that are temporary and imperfect so that we can become fully aware of what's permanent and perfect, the real thing. And that's what the Lord has done over time when he has shaken us up. So in verse 20, 28, the Hebrew writer says, Therefore, since we are receiving a kingdom that cannot be shaken, let us be thankful and so worship God acceptably with reverence and awe. Do you know, dear friend, that we have, re have received a gift from God? It's an unshakable kingdom, and we are receiving it as we speak yesterday. Today, tomorrow, and into eternity, we are receiving this unshakable kingdom. And as I mentioned, sometimes the Lord has to remove the temporary and the imperfect sources of strength and provision in order for us to open our eyes and to see this permanent, this perfect, this real thing that he has for us. And we can't fully experience this gift, this precious gift, until we receive it with resolve and abandon. Have you received this unshakable kingdom with resolve and abandon? You know, our earthly lives should be an expression of our place in this unshakable kingdom. Our words, testimony, witness, our actions need to reveal the benefits of this unshakable kingdom in which we're in. Our responses to actions of our nation should reflect the unshakable kingdom of which we belong. Our citizenship is in heaven, the Apostle Paul said. Our citizenship here in America is just temporary, but our spiritual citizenship is permanent. Now, in 2019, I preached a series of messages at First Christian Church with the theme, the Church Responding to a Shaking World. It was inspired from a book that was written by John S. Dickerson entitled Hope of Nations. You know, Jesus is the hope of nations. And in that series of messages, I made it clear that in our present uh, United States society, there are many things over which we have no control. But there are also things that we can control in this life that we live. You know, some of the things that we can't control, uh, I can't control if North Korea launches nuclear missiles. I can't control the, the U.S. stock market, can you? I can't control ISIS and other radical terrorist groups that seek to kill Americans. I can't control what children are being taught by American society at large. I can't control the direction of cultural change in the United States. I, I wish I could, but I can't. I can't control the controversies and the corruptions that are in our political hierarchies. You know, we can, we can try to make a stab at it uh, when we go to the polls soon, but 
We we don't have any uh, real control over that. I can't control the world that my kids and grandkids are going to inherit after I'm gone. But there are some things that we can control because we are a part of this unshakable kingdom, the kingdom of Christ. You know what I can control? I can control my response to all these things that are out here in the world. It needs to be a faith response, but I I have control over that. I can control if I'm modeling faith and confidence to my neighbors and my associates, and I'm so afraid that sometimes in this uh, weird time we're living, I'm not so sure whether I model that faith the way I should or not. I can control what I teach my kids and my grandkids and model for them by my daily example, my daily life walk. I can control the moral directions of my own life, and I need to become aware of that every day and make sure that my morality is is uh, with the biblical standards uh, that I know. I, I can influence who my grandkids will become as people. I can't make them become better people, but I can influence that, and I will. I can control how I fill the roles that I have in, in my church, my community, my world. I can choose to believe that every obstacle is an opportunity to reveal my faith relationship to Christ Jesus. And when I do that, uh, when I choose to do that, then I can look forward to those obstacles rather than dread them. I can prepare to minister to my neighbors when future events frighten or unsettle them. And there's a whole long list of more things that I have control over. And, you know, dear friends, we, we, we should never allow ourselves to become so exasperated by the things that we cannot control that we don't define these things within each of us that we can control. I believe the best thing I can do to, to prepare for uh, the, this presidential election and, and for the days and the weeks and the months and the years ahead as Christians, as American Christians, for us, I, I think the best thing I can do is to go back and review some nine declarations that I covered in that series over a year ago uh, entitled The Church Responding to a Shaking World. And that's what I'm going to do. So you can plan on that over the next three weeks. And I believe that will help us to get ready to be good Christian American citizens when we go to the polls and then later as we live our lives, no matter who wins the elections, we need to live as Christians. Hebrews chapter 12, verses 27 and 29, Therefore, since we are receiving a kingdom that cannot be shaken, let us be thankful. And so worship God acceptably with reverence and awe, for our God is a consuming fire. Hebrews 12, 27 through 29. Are you a part of this uh, kingdom that cannot be shaken? You know, we are part of an unshakable, eternal kingdom. And one of my favorite stories about this unshakable kingdom is back in the book of Daniel. Of course, Daniel, a prophet and the book of Daniel is filled with prophecy. You remember Daniel was a fine young man that got carried off into the Babylonian captivity when the Jews disobeyed God 
hardened their hearts against him, rebelled against him. And the only thing that God could do to wake them up, as we've been talking about, was to allow the enemy nation to come in and overthrow them, destroy Jerusalem and the temple, and to carry off many of the citizens, these Jews, into captivity. And Daniel, a young teenager, a young man, was one of them. But Daniel was with the Lord, and the Lord was with Daniel. And, and God gave him great abilities and great talents, and he showed himself to be superior even to the Babylonian wise men. And uh, so uh, the king, Nebuchadnezzar, took him into his court. And uh, as the Bible says in Daniel chapter 2, Nebuchadnezzar had a, had a dream, and it scared him to death. He didn't know what it meant. He had his wise men to come in, and he said, tell me the dream and, and tell me the, the interpretation. And the wise men said, you tell us the dream, we'll tell you the interpretation. And he said, oh, no, you're not going to pull that one on me. So then he found out that Daniel could interpret dreams, and so he brought Daniel into his court and Daniel said, only God can interpret dreams, but I'll be glad to show you the way here and tell you what's going on. And uh, he said to Nebuchadnezzar, you know, your majesty, you looked and, and you saw a, a large statue, enormous, dazzling statue, awesome in appearance. And he said uh, the, the head of the statue was gold and the chest and arms were silver and the belly and the thighs were bronze, legs were iron, its feet partly of iron and partly of baked clay. And he said, while you were watching that statue, a rock was hewn or cut out of the mountain, not by human hands. And it rolled down the mountain and it struck that statue on its feet of iron and clay, smashed them. It smashed that statue to pieces. And the wind swept all the pieces away without leaving a trace. But the rock that struck the statue became a huge mountain that filled the whole earth. That's the dream you had, Nebuchadnezzar. And he said, now I'm going to explain and interpret that dream for you. And he went on to tell Nebuchadnezzar that uh, the parts of the statue were the kingdoms uh, that, uh, that were going to rule the world. He said, you know, you, you're, you're the head, you're, you're the Babylonian king and, and the nation of Babylon. Uh, and, and then he said, the next is, is the Medo-Persian kingdom. And the next is the Greek kingdom. And, and the next kingdom is the, the Roman Empire. And, and then he comes down to verse 44 of Daniel chapter 2, and he says, in the time of those kings, and that would be during the Roman Empire and, and the reign of the Romans, he says, in that time uh, of those kings, the God of heaven will set up a kingdom that will never be destroyed, nor will it be left to another people. It will crush all those kingdoms and bring them to an end, but it will itself endure forever. An unshakable kingdom promised by Daniel, which would begin at the end of the Roman Empire. And we know that to be the church of the Lord Jesus Christ built by Christ himself, for he is the rock that was hewn out of the mountain and tore down the kingdoms of this world. Oh, dear friend, 
Are you a part of this unshakable, eternal kingdom? I hope that you are. I pray that you are. There's a contemporary uh, Christian song called We Won't Be Shaken by Building 429. And some of the words go like that. This, this, this world has nothing for me. This life is not my own. I know you go before me and I'm not alone. This mountain rises higher and the way seems so unclear, but I know that you go with me, so I will never fear. I will trust in you. Whatever will come our way through fire or pouring rain, no, we won't be shaken. No, we won't be shaken. Whatever tomorrow brings, together we'll rise and sing that we won't be shaken. No, we won't be shaken. And dear friend, we don't know what's ahead. We're living in perilous times, uncertain times, non-predictable times. We don't know what's ahead, but we do know. And we can be firm on the fact that God knows. And God is in control. And he is going to be with us every step of the way. Listen to the words of John Dickerson in The Hope of the Nations. He says, we know that our God is the most powerful force in this universe, that he is good, and that even if things get worse temporarily, all things will ultimately lead to his return. The end for us is very good, and as God's people, we can walk this earth knowing that best is truly ahead of us. We know the best is yet to come. I hope you know that. I hope you can stand on that solid rock of Jesus and know beyond a shadow of a doubt that no matter what happens down here in this earth, no matter what happens in our nation, whether things get better or whether things get worse, and remember, we, we're praying for revival in America. We're, we're praying that the, that the Lord will do something great in our country through us, through our faith. And, oh, Christian friend, we need to stand strong we need to repent of our shortcomings as American Christians. And uh, we need to pray that God will step in and do a great work. Right now, I want to ask you, are you a Christian? If you died, uh, if you died today, do you know beyond a shadow of a doubt that you'd go to heaven? Are you a part of this kingdom that will never be shaken? And can you say, I know that no matter what happens... I got the Lord, and the Lord's got me. I'm going to ask that we close with a word of prayer, and we're going to have a song. Uh, may the Lord bless you. Heavenly Father, we thank you today that we can go to your word. And Lord, uh, no matter how bad things might get in this world and in this life and in, in this nation that we live in, no matter any of that, we know that we're a part of a kingdom as Christians that cannot be shaken. Help us to stand firm. Help us to stand on the hope of the Lord Jesus Christ because we know he is king, he is savior, he is Lord. Bless those who might be listening today who are not on firm foundation. They don't know Christ as Lord and savior. And I pray that something has been said this morning that will lead them to make a decision for him. 
Go with us, Lord, and bless us. In Jesus' precious name we pray. Amen. Christ our God.